I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Look, why don't you let me take over? I'm clearly the best pilot. Avengers Age of Ultron release, we are going back through all the films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This episode takes a look back at Thor, at the Dark World, the second film in the Thor series. Second in Phase 2 as well, I think it was. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, for this podcast, we have got our retro review, retrospective review, uh, where we're joined by Carol Peck. Yeah, it's always good to get Carol back. She did the Avengers one as well, of course, and so yeah. it's good to have her back for two, so yeah. Yes, uh, definitely. And also there'll be clips and trailers and all bits of that in the film in there as well. Yeah, so we've got the, the trailer that's just coming up now, and then our retro review straight after. Yeah. Before the universe, there was nothing. They're wrong. There was darkness, and it has survived. I gave you my word. I would return for you. Face an enemy. Known only to a few. Known only to one. You must be truly desperate to come to me for help. If we do nothing, they will destroy us. You even think about betraying him. I'll kill you. That was from New York. I like her. It does the mm. kind of Lord of the Ringsy kind of feel the four films when you're actually in. You know, not on Earth. Oh, they're full-on fantasy, yeah. yeah. Comic book fantasy films, yeah. But this one, plot kind of fell a bit flat for me. You never really got a sense of real danger from the bad bad guys in it. And then there was always the kind of Loki in the background, and you're thinking, well, he's obviously the bigger problem. I don't know. And it, it all just seemed a bit overcomplicated as well, the way the elves were going to do their 
their plan. I'm, do you know what? I'm going to disclose. I really enjoyed it. I, I genuinely <clears throat> had a lot of fun, and I think that's the key thing here. Is I had a lot of fun watching. Yeah, it didn't. Do you know what? The plot is pretty much the same as the first uh, the first Thor film, uh, and also the Avengers. A lot of these films are, are much of a muchness when it comes to the plot, and I think they live or die by their by their characters and their set pieces. And for me, that's where this film delivered was uh, Chris Hemsworth. I really enjoy his take, his Shakespearean take on Thor. He's got a lot of charisma. He's grown into the role. And Loki is probably my favourite film bad guy of the last 10 years, maybe more. And so the fact that I'm just getting another film with Tom Hiddleston as Loki is brilliant. Although someone did, someone on Twitter, I can't remember who it was now, I think it might have been Stuart Heritage, actually, the Guardian writer, said that Loki's like the Dave Lamb from Come Dine With Me of comic book baddies. And I kind of get that a little bit. But I love it. I love his sarcasm. I love his little bits. Yeah. Uh, he just, yeah, fuck it. He's fantastic. He's brilliant. And and I'm sure no one, act, I'm sure that's the one thing we can all agree on. I absolutely agree with that. Both him and Eccleston, actually. They could have, we, we could have had more of them on screen for my money. I would have preferred to see more of, um, I mean, the, the, the okay. I don't think that Thor, as a character, was developed at all in this film until the the second post-credits sequence. I think that was one of the worst things about the film, is that it just has Thor being Thor, and that's it. Whereas Loki, he goes through quite a... You know, I know it's not you don't have to judge a film solely on it, but he he's the only right. character who goes on the journey, so to speak, you know? He, yeah, although I like to think of him as the main character of the thought. Yeah, and it, you know the, the fact he. And maybe if you look at it from that angle, maybe that's maybe that's what we're looking at here. I don't know. But then but you know like, that takes a little bit away from Eccleston as the elf guy. You know. Oh yeah. Who who who? I'll, I'll be honest. I think was a little bit let down by his character because Eccleston was really good when he was on screen. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Apparently, about fifteen minutes of backstory has been cut out for pacing reasons. Right. And maybe that has affected the film slightly. I would assume so, because another person who I, I think is generally, uh, generally quite a good actress anyway, but Natalie Portman in this was very underused as well. There was the odd moment. I thought where... she was used more than in the first one. I, I, yeah. Maybe. I, well, yeah. Mm, it's an improvement, maybe slightly. She was used mainly as a device in this film. She's slightly less pointless in this one as she is in the first one. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, that's an improvement. Well, she spends most I... of the time either being moody and moping about, or she's asleep. So it just seems yeah. completely pointless, really, to uh, put more of her in it, but then do nothing with her character. Maybe. You know, I suppose I can understand that. Uh, yeah, I certainly wouldn't say it's a perfect film. Uh, it, it, there were some boxes it ticked along the way for me that it had to tick for me to enjoy the film. What I will say is Hopkins phones in Odin yet again. Hopkins does not give a shit about this character, does he? He was terrible. Well, not terrible. It's just really, yeah. He's just really bland, and he was in the first one as well. And that's a real shame. One other person who I really liked, but I do know some people weren't so keen, was Cat Dennings playing uh, Darcy, the intern, who was quite a surprising kind of breakout star from the first one. 
And maybe I know again, this seems to be split a lot of people. I quite enjoyed the uh, the London bound mm. uh, seats there. The uh, uh, there was some Stellan Skarsgård was nuts, and that was I, I enjoyed that. So I, I just I to me it did what I wanted it to do. It was a sub two hour comic book film with some great set pieces, and it made me laugh. And I could still feel the the hands of Wedden over parts of the script um, and things like that. And apparently he was heavily involved because he was also, um, he was the one that persuaded Chris Hemsworth to do the gratuitous topless scene near the beginning, <laughs> which part of me thinks was a little bit of a, uh, part of me hopes and thinks it was a little bit of a cheeky uh, retort to Star Trek's, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, mm. uh, gratuitous woman in underwear. Um, do you know what? If we can just get to a place where we say anyone who's a very beautiful specimen of a person can get gratuitously naked on screen, I, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with that, are they? As long as, as long as we're just being even, as long as it's men and women, I think we can all get along fine then. How do I get to Greenwich? Take this train, three stops. So that was our retro review there of Thor The Dark World. I'm joined now by Carol Pitts. Hello. Hello. So welcome back, Carol. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, excellent. And you'll be joining us, of course, again for Age of Ultron review. Yes. Because who am, else would we get for a Marvel film? I am but, there on opening day. Not quite midnight, unfortunately, but no. the opening day, I will be there. No premieres this time? Um, no red carpets? Well, maybe. We, let, let's not be presumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, exciting. Yeah, so uh, as people have probably worked out by now, we're going to just talk a little bit about Thor The Dark World, which is obviously Thor 2, and it's part of Phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it was the second of Phase 2. So, uh, let's get straight into it. Um, well, let's start with the first and most obvious question. Did you like Thor, The Dark World, Carol? When I first saw it, I didn't really like it that much. But I have returned to it for... I've returned to it a couple of times, and, and most recently, yesterday, for this podcast. And I have to say, it's not as bad as I remember. I had this feeling with Iron Man 2 as well, I think once you know that it's not that great, you can kind of relax and enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, there, that's very apt. I had the same experience with both this and Iron Man 2, as you said. And yeah. the reverse of Incredible Hulk. I used to think Incredible Hulk was okay, and then I watched it again and thought it was absolutely appalling. Well, I think Incredible Hulk suffers just from what came after it, really. Yeah, probably. It's yeah. not a bad... I don't think it's... I think it's all right, actually, Incredible Hulk. I think it's much better than Hulk. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I would happily watch it any day <laughs> over Hulk. But yeah. Um, it, but yeah, it does prove why it's so difficult to do a Hulk, a Hulk film. And I don't blame them for not attempting it again, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, so he's not in Thor The Dark World, though. So. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, minus a Hulk, what what did you like about Thor The Dark World this time around? I really like, and I think probably this has come from reading Loki, Agent of Asgard, between my last viewing and this viewing. I really like the way they have turned Loki into like the smart-ass that he's meant to be. Mm. He's, like, he has some really smart me bits in this film and it's, and it's good because you, you never like hate him you're meant to love to hate him and, and you know 
does yeah. a very Tom Hilton does a very good job. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that they're sort of giving in the the smarmy, smart mouth attitude that that he has had for actually a, a long time in the books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things I remember liking about Thor: The Dark World the first time round was um, the sort of final action sequence. I remember the action scenes in it were quite good. Not much else. Is that um, where Greenwich gets destroyed? Where Greenwich gets destroyed, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, things that I didn't like. I really oh, like okay. the, um, the Asgard uh, bits. I always really enjoy the Asgard bits. I think it looks amazing. And oh, uh, it's yeah. very well realised. I, I prefer the bits that aren't on Earth to the bits that are on Earth. I think it's the same as the first Thor film for me. I prefer the bits on Earth when Thor is there. When it's Thor interacting with the real world rather than this, you know, fantasy world, this Asgard, I preferred those bits. But you don't get many bits in this film. No, he's kind of Thor. done that, really, hasn't he? He's yeah, done that. they were yeah. really funny in the first. You know, when they, they were cafe smashing the mug, they were. Yeah. That, that was really well done. But um, yeah, you don't don't really get like the, there's a funny bit where he hangs his hammer on a coat hook. Which, you know, I was just like, why, why is that, why is that not taking the coat hook down with it? Okay, that's fine. The coat hook is clearly worthy. That's fine. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, you don't. Yeah, I, I generally found the bits on Earth a little bit boring, to be honest. The comic relief in it, I, I think it's pr- probably because of the comic relief in it, because you know, James fine. Um, Eric Silver's quite good. He's not really in it that much. He's kind of underused. Mm, mm. But um, I found Darcy and the intern, whose name I can't even remember quite annoying and they're meant to be kind of like the light comic relief but they're just kind of shoehorned in for some reason i have no idea why <laughs> no well <clears throat> i'd like to say i think it's there to be used as the uh comic relief but yeah doesn't doesn't really work the bits on asgard don't work for me particularly when it's natalie portman which is interesting because it's kind of just like the reverse of the first film yeah with thor obviously coming to earth and getting used to to earth and then you've got Jane Foster, who's there trying to get used to all these gods like Odin and, you know, uh, Sif. Her interactions with Sif should be better for, for my, in my Sif, opinion. Sif should just be in it a lot more, in my opinion. I think, I, mm. I love Lady Sif. I think she's great. I, I think I read somewhere that she, she did her back in during filming. She was meant to be in it a lot more, but uh, that, that's right. why she's not in it. But yeah, she should generally be in it more because she is brilliant. Yeah. Or Lady even Sif- just interactions with um, Thor's mum, Frigga. Yeah. Should be, you know, there, there should be more involved with Natalie Portman's character adjusting to being in a, well, it's a God's realm, isn't it, for us? So. Yeah, I think probably the, the difference between it is of in the first one, um, humans aren't really, well, they're aware of God's existence, mm. of the God's existence, uh, but they, you know, they don't know about the, the Norse ones, you know, they don't know about um, yeah. Asgard, etc. Whereas obviously Asgardians do know about humans and they sort of look down on them a little bit and they're kind of like, Mm. They're, they're like the ants to the boots. I, I <laughs> Very good. Very good, yeah. Nice reference there. So I get that reference. You understood that reference. I get that reference, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think that probably kind of doesn't help. It's all a bit more kind of serious. And that's probably why the, the comment relief is there. Um, mm. Oh, and the final thing that I did like, I saw my hometown in the map at the end. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was a, that was a moment of fame. Yeah. Also, I think Croydon must be loving, like, Phase 2, because they've been in, like, two of them now. Yeah, what is it about Croydon and Marvel? It's weird. Croydon's just, you know, Croydon's a magical place. You ever been to the Ikea there on a Saturday? Magical. I can't say I have, no. On the tram? Amazing. 
love trams. So. Well, so does, so does Thor, apparently. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I did like, even though it doesn't really make sense, I did quite like the last sequence where kind of the convergence is all coming together and things are just going haywire and there's yeah. like bits of car landing in <laughs> the Svartalheim and things like that. That was really good. And and the scenery, the uh, Svartalheim scenery, I think it was all done in Iceland and that all looks, you know, with the black um, mm. sand and that all looks completely amazing. Well, I mean, what about the performances though? Because uh, obviously Hiddleston's just great, as he always is. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into that. All this podcast will go on for like an hour. <laughs> so you've got Hiddleston, who's great, obviously. Uh, Chris Hemsworth again is—he's got some of the more comedic touches that a character like Thor should have, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think he's—I don't think as much as in Avengers, but then I don't think—I don't think that's his fault. Mm. I think that's just the way it was written. I mean, the first one, you know, he's, he's pretty serious, but he does have some kind of pratful moments. Yeah, he does deal with them very well. I, I'm not—I'm not sure whether he's just. Yeah, he's just basically the straight man, isn't he? Yeah. In, in that in that partnership. Mm. Um, one thing I did actually neglect to mention when I was saying everything looked really good, I realised it was um, directed. Well, I've realised this before, but I have now watched Game of Thrones, and I realised it was directed by one of the guys who's heavily involved with Game of Thrones. Yeah, Alan Taylor. Yeah, so I, I really did get that sense of a lot—a lot of the. Um, landscapes and, and se- fight sequences especially. I did wonder, I did find myself wondering more than once what it would have been like if Kenneth Branagh had come back mm. um, because I really like Thor, because I really like the way that uh, Kenneth Branagh hand- handled it. It was basically like a Shakespearean yeah, yeah. kind of brother- brotherly fallout type thing and I, and I do wonder how he would have, um, how he would have handled the same the same film mm. but we'll never know because he's off doing Cinderella so yeah well the, the fallout between the two of them in um, this film is more like bickering isn't it really yeah. okay what about I mean one of the, the supporting characters who I quite like is uh, Heimdall played by Idris Elba yeah I, li- I like him but I like yeah. Idris Elba anyway yeah he gets a bit more involved in this one there's a couple scenes of his which I really like there's the one where he steps out of the, the room he says he can't I can't remember what the actual exact line of dialogue was, but he can't be seen to be letting people through the portals and stuff. So yeah. he just sort of walks out the room. I think that's quite a nice little scene. Um, and of course, the, the scene where he first takes down the elfin ship thing. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was uh, pretty pretty string of bell. That <laughs> <laughs> very string of bell. Yeah. But a, a supporting character who really shouldn't be reduced to just a supporting character, Malekith. The yes. Elf. He's Lord, is he? Lord? Lord? I don't know. He's the um oh god, I can't even remember. Yeah. Lord of the Dark Elf. Let's just call him Lord of the Dark Elf. Lord Elves. of the Dark Elf. Why not? Him. <laughs> yeah, he's just so he's so underused. I mean, Christopher I was really surprised when he did this film because he he's quite a serious man, Christopher. Mm. So I know he did Doctor Who, but um, you know, he did it for one one series and that was it. So I was I was really surprised when they managed to sign him up, but they just yeah they just don't use him at all because he can be a great bad guy. I've seen him in oh, yeah. I've seen him in a lot of things where he's a really really good bad guy, but um, they just they yeah they just don't use him at all. They, I think I think they actually recycle his scenes from a couple of <laughs> a couple of times, um, yeah. Yeah. and yeah it's just kind of really inconsequential. Could have been could have been anyone. He just had absolutely no no malice whatsoever. I was really. Yeah, I think that's where the, I think that's probably the film's greatest weakness. To be honest, is just shitty villain. Yeah, 
basically, yeah, it is. Okay, well, uh, is there anything else that you didn't like, especially about Thor The Dark World? Uh, I didn't like that Frigga died. I like no. Frigga. Okay. <laughs> but then, you know, I, I mean, is she really dead? I think she probably is really dead, isn't she, that time? I think so, No yeah. one, No one's really dead except for... You know, except for uh, Frigga, she's definitely dead. Yeah, uh, I think Odin's dead. Well, I don't know. I, I turned to my um, turned to my partner at the end of the film, and I said, "I'd, I'd have loved it if Odin was just like in the loo or something." <laughs> <laughs> What's it? I heard, I heard noise, and uh, you know, <laughs> so I walks out, and there's Loki sitting on his phone, like, "Oh, hey, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that doesn't happen. No, I don't know. I, I think he's just been. I don't think Loki's got it in him to kill. Odin really no no I it's always it's, it's always a big a big thing he doesn't really have it in into like even when he like stabs Thor in the side and chops off his arm and stuff it's all actually you know it doesn't actually have any consequence does it no. so um I don't I don't really think he's got it got it in him okay but it'd be it'd be interesting to find out I am looking forward believe it or not despite the fact I didn't didn't really like this one so much but I am looking forward to Ragnarok Yes, I think if, if that one promises to be more, just like I said, committed to the Asgardian stuff, which surely it will have to be. Yes. Then, yeah, that's 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 got to be the the big epic Thor film that we all want. Yeah, I mean. definitely. Yeah. Well, on the Avengers podcast, we talk about what films you're looking forward to and which is your favourite, so we won't repeat that. So we won't go over our grain, so I think we'll just um, wrap it up and, and leave it there. So thanks very much for coming on the podcast again, Carol. Thank you. That's all right, and we'll see you at the Age of Ultron podcast. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.